want to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHC where we get to sit with a graduate of Emory & Henry and talk about some cool projects and cool news. And I am excited that my guest today is Mike Hoback, Emory & Henry class of 1981. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. And you, Monica? I'm doing great. You know, until I looked up your class year, I did not realize how close we were to overlapping at Emory & Henry. Because I started in the fall of 81. We almost got to be in school together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, you're doing some cool stuff in the in the uh, Metaview community, and I'm just going to jump right in. You have reopened an old store there in Metaview. Tell us about tell us about the Blackwell. Is it Blackwell's? Blackwell Chapel Store. Blackwell Chapel Store. Yeah. I always want to leave off the chapel because I feel like that's just the name of the church. Right. Blackwell Chapel Store. Let's start. Can we do some history for a second? Yes. Where does that name Blackwell Chapel come from? Well, if you go to state highway maps, the community is listed by the state as Blackwell. And um, the first Blackwells that moved into that community, which it's eight miles north of of Meadowview. And I do need to correct you on one thing, Monica. Oh, yeah. Meadowview is a suburb of Blackwell Chapel. Okay. Oh, Just I got that you. Straight, okay? <laughs> um, is there a little bit of competition there? No, not really, but it's a joke. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the Blackwells moved out of Abingdon to that area in, I think, 1849. Wow. And my mother was a Blackwell. Oh, and, I didn't know that. But she was also related to the McNews and the Scots, and those two families actually were in that valley in the late 1700s. Holy cow. So they have been there, you know, for a long time. The church located there is called Blackwell Chapel United Methodist Church. But back in the 40s and the 50s, at some point, the community became known as Blackwell Chapel. We are the Blackwell Chapel community, and that's what we named the store. That is interesting. Blackwell Chapel as a community, did it ever have like a little post office? or No. Um, actually, Lindale, which is, uh, I guess, three miles to our west at the intersection of Route 700 and Route 80, it had a post office at one time, but Blackwell Chapel never did. It's always been on the Metaview route. It used to be Route 2, and of course now we have our 911 addresses. Yeah. Well, it's funny. There are a lot of little communities in in that in that part of Washington County that I guess they've kind of been reduced to road names at this point. Yes. yes. So, so what what are some of the other little places right around there? Well, uh, at the end of the valley, going towards Saltville, is a little community called Hankel. And now that's at, one I've never heard. Yeah, and there is no road sign there. Um, if you continue past Hankel towards Saltville, you come to Plastrico. Okay, that of course, one that's where mm-hmm. the U.S. gypsum mines were located. Mm-hmm. Now, the one community that is a lot more prominent than Blackwell Chapel is Clinchburg. Right. And Clinchburg is to our south over in off of the Saltworks Road. So, you know, there's several communities. The way that we got a road sign in Blackwell Chapel is an interesting story. My aunt, who ran the store, her and her husband, told the highway workers one day who stopped there for a bologna sandwich, she (laughs) said, all I get done is telling people where they are. Y'all need to put up a road sign here. So they put up a road sign that said Blackwell Chapel. It's still there. And the funny thing was, within a month, Lindale got theirs too after we got ours they wanted one too <laughs> well sure talk about competition yes, that's yes. fantastic yes well so blackwell chapel 
it takes in what sort of a small area physically yeah it's um it's all centered around the intersection of the blackpool chapel road and rich valley road the church is two tenths of a mile from the store we actually live within a mile of the store the community in general is is i would say people within a mile of the store consider themselves living in blackwell chapel okay you know, all so. right so there used to be a store there this is a this is not a brand new building well this at is... one time there were three stores there get out of town in blackwell chapel yes i don't know that all three operated at the same time but i do know that there was uh, many times that two stores operated what, at the same time what kind of stores they were they were general stores they sold feed they sold groceries they sold clothing they sold anything you needed they they bartered you could bring your chickens and your eggs and and get produce for those things so people took eggs in and and they bought the eggs and then you could buy groceries with the the egg money my goodness so the stores were pretty much all-encompassing most people, what they would do in, in many years past, they would get everything they needed at the store except uh, flour and, and uh, cornmeal, and they would get that at local meals. There was a meal in Blackwell's Chapel. There was a meal in Lindale. And, of course, there was a meal on Route 80 uh, coming back towards Meadowview. It was called Geesler's Meal. So almost every community around here had a meal at one time wow. that ground the flour and the cornmeal and, and so forth. And so you didn't have to drive to Meadowview or Abingdon or Saltville or wherever to get groceries. People raised their own meat. They cured their own meat. And then the other things they needed, they were able to get at their local stores. Which is unlike it is today, right? Yeah. I know I've heard people talk about what downtown Meadowview used to be like. And, yes. you know, and I sort of marvel at that, but it didn't occur to me there would be so much commerce right. even farther out in the county like yeah. that. And that was, that was at a time that, you know, we're talking the turn of the century and the early 20th century when most people in that community did not have vehicles. They traveled by horse and wagon well up into the, the 20th century, probably till the 1930s and 40s. And then people started getting cars. And, uh, of course, a lot of people walk too yeah. uh, and and I can remember my mother and her sisters talking about walking to the store of course they walked to school and they walked to the store they walked there and they walked to church they walked everywhere they went wow so you needed everything to be close by right right so I am guessing then that in addition to providing goods those little stores were also they did a little bit of everything they were a social center they were right. you know they provided all kinds of information and everything right. to those folks. That's where people gathered. Even in my lifetime, uh, I had relatives and other people in the community. Uh, the farmers especially would come in in the wintertime. A lot of times they would come in and sit around the stove and swap stories and <laughs> share information. And then in the summertime, I can remember people would go to the store in the evening after their work was done and sit around and 
and visit with their neighbors at the store. So, wow. and, and that's one of the things that we've been really pleased about is some of that has started again. Matter of fact, we serve a pretty, you know, substantial population of farmers for lunch. This time of year, they're feeding cattle and the, and some of them don't live there. They may have cattle in the area and they may live in Abingdon or over towards Damascus, but after they feed their cattle, they'll come into the store and get their lunch. Nice. And so so that kind of connection still exists on a on a smaller basis, but it's still there. Yeah. And and did you say that some of your family had run the well, store? Well, the store was built by my uh, grandfather's sister and her husband. That was G.W. Harrington and Cena Blackwell Harrington. They built the store in 1908 and operated it until 1945. From 45 till 50, there were actually... Well, from 45 to 47, there were two families that ran it. One would work three days a week, and the other would work three days a week. And there was enough income to support two families. Wow. And then from 47 to 50, there were also two families that ran it. And one of those families was my mother's sister and her husband, William and Virgie Blackwell Crabtree. And then in 1950, they bought the other couple out, and they ran the store by themselves from 1950 to 1988. Oh, my goodness. And they lived in the store. There's an apartment in the store, which we're converting to an Airbnb. <gasps> Neat. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I love that idea. And so it, it was open until 1988. Yes. Well, I'm going to show my age and say that doesn't feel like that long ago, but I guess it's been a minute. Right. And in 1977, there was a grassroots magazine here in the county called The Plow. Yeah. Um, and they featured my aunt and uncle in that magazine. And my uncle was quoted in that magazine as saying they planned to work one more year and then retire. But actually, they worked 11 more years. Oh, my God. And I think that the closing of the store was more of my uncle's desire than my aunt's because I think she got more out of the socialization and and I think she missed that even more than he did because he was a part-time farmer so he could spend time on the farm and she was sort of there all the time so and when he would be out farming she would be running the store. I love that. Well, so when they finally gave it up in 1998, there was just no one who wanted to take that on? Well, they continued to live there, and they really Mm -hmm. did not try to sell it. He passed away in 92, and she continued to live there until 2000. And at that point in time, um, she had to go to a nursing home. Her health had failed, and so um, they had no children, so our family had to step in, being her only family, and um, and the and the building was sold. My wife and I wanted to buy it then, but things were not lining up for us, and the good Lord had other plans for us. From for one, for me to continue working for the state, <laughs> and then I retired in August of this year, and in February of. 2021 we bought the store along with my brother Steve who lives in Roanoke and he was not interested in running a store but he wanted to see the building preserved so he's been a partner in the project and he's been a very valuable partner in our project and so we've done a lot of the work ourselves. my son is a contractor and he's done he and I did a lot of the work together he did more than me I was more of his assistant I'm not a handyman as such (laughs) my brother is very 
capable when it comes to carpentry and things, and he's done a lot of the woodwork. So uh, me and my wife and my brother have done a lot of the painting and work. We did have some painting hired out for the big portions, yeah. like in the store section. We redid the floors in the store. And so, you know, it's it's been a labor of love, and we've watched it unfold, and, and we've chronicled the whole thing as we came through. And yeah. so it's been really neat to see it happen. Oh, my gosh. I guess so. What What did you do for the state? I don't know what your job was. I uh, spent the last I've, – I've worked in the human service field my entire career, which started in 1981. The last 20 years, I worked in licensing, and we licensed assisted living facilities, okay. adult daycares, and child daycares. Uh, I did a lot of traveling, and I was actually based in Richmond the last three years. I didn't have to live there, but I traveled a lot to Richmond, and I traveled the whole state. I probably would have kept working because I really liked my job, but when this opportunity came up, I thought, now's the time. Yeah. So. We want to remind everybody that we're speaking today with Mike Hoback, Emory and Henry class of 1981, and he and his family have just reopened a store in the Blackwell Chapel community. And Mike, talk to us about that decision because this is not an easy thing that you're taking on, just in terms of redoing the building for one thing, but running a store and you guys are offering lunch every day and, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, I think the remodeling was the easy part <laughs> because we took a year and a half to do that and we sort of worked at our leisure when we had opportunity to get in there and work but things got busy when we opened we didn't know what to expect the one thing that has really surprised me is the support of our community I mean I knew we would have their support and, and, I, and I was quoted in the Bristol paper as saying, I didn't mind tourists coming in. I welcome them. But if my store can't serve the people that live there, then it's lost its purpose. Right. Um, I don't want to outprice the people in the community. I don't want to out. I, I want to provide products they will use. Right. And um, we've, we've had really good success uh, with some of our suppliers. Um, we've got a wholesaler out of Hillsville, Horton Produce, that actually comes to the store and delivers to us. Oh, wow. Uh, We're working with Dutton Wagner and Abingdon, and they've been real um, accommodating. And so when you find organizations that work with small entities, you really, really want to tap into that. Right. The thing that has surprised us is how busy we are. Usually from 1130 till about two o'clock we are slammed at lunchtime that's great and then we do breakfast only on saturdays and uh, has that been has that been popular oh very (laughs) very so that has been really good and what we want to do and it may not happen this winter on a regular basis but at least once a month we want to have some music like on friday nights yeah you know to get people in just just for for the sharing of some old time and bluegrass music but uh, yes it's the the level of activity has surprised us our daughter-in-law tracy is helping us in the deli and she's had a lot of experience uh, at that and so that's been a 
a blessing. We've been surprised at how yeah. many people have just started coming on a regular basis to eat with us. And of course, if I was depending on the grocery line, I couldn't compete with Walmart or Food City or Food Country. But the thing I find, especially with the stuff we get out of Hillsville, it's a lot of specialty products like jellies and jams and country ham and hoop cheese that when people come in for their lunch, they will say, oh, I'd like to get some of that or we tried that it's good I'm gonna get some more so yeah. that stuff is selling too but if I was just depending on that for the store it wouldn't be floating <laughs> the deli is what floats it it's the deli yeah and the thing is what we have found and what we have striven for the whole time is quality food not just food but quality food yeah. I mean they can go people can go to McDonald's as close as met of you then go to Wendy's and Glade and all kinds of fast food places you know, in Abingdon. Don't get me wrong, I use those places also. Sure. But our experience is a little different. So that goes along with the quality of food and also the atmosphere. Yeah. Well, the one thing that has has uh, stood out to me is the number of people who have walked into the building and said, thank you for doing this. Oh. You know, and that sort of surprised yeah. me at, at the level. I had a lady come in last week from Bristol, and she said... I was an infant living in the apartment attached to this store because no at one time the owners, when there were multiple owners, they just rented the, the living part of it out. Then I've, I've had a few people who came in and said they remembered the original owner. Wow. Who ran it up until 1945. Oh, my so, goodness. And the day of the grand opening, we had three of his grandchildren at the grand opening and, and some great-grandchildren there Sweet. also. Sweet. So, yeah. Well, I was there for the grand opening, and I couldn't believe the crowd. I yeah. didn't know there were that many people in Blackwell Chapel. but <laughs> Well, they came from other places. <laughs> we estimated, well, we knew there was at least 225. We talked to several people who drove by and kept driving because there was nowhere to park. Right. And we even found out there were some on the front porch who couldn't get in the building. Oh, so. yeah, we had to stand on the porch and wait to get right. in for a little bit. It was crazy. Well, and several people have come back who said we were not able to get in that day. And, and I said, well, you probably did a good thing by coming back because it's not as crowded and you have time to look right. around. So. Right. And we're still building our stock. We had advertised at the beginning that we were going to carry Helms Candy and uh, Ash County Cheese, which we haven't yet, but that is our next step. And the other thing about products you carry, you have to get to those products or make arrangements to get them. And I guess even though we're closed on Mondays, we're closed Sunday and Monday, our time... <laughs> We, we've had to learn how to plan our Sundays and Mondays so that, you know, after church, a lot of times we'll run on to Sam's and get what we need oh, yeah. so that we're not busy all day on Monday. Right. And, and so part of it is learning how to to set up your schedules and get your products in yeah. in a timely manner. And then after you get them in, you have to price them and get them on the shelves. Well, so. I listen, you had me at Ash County Cheese. You're going to have some squeaky cheese, right? Yes, that's, that's what everybody's <laughs> asked for. <laughs> I love that stuff. Right, and it's right. really, you can't, you have to drive all the way down there. Yeah. So. Well, and we went over there and talked to them. They were very accommodating. But at the time, 
we were so swamped just trying to get the doors open. So that's that's something I hope to accomplish in the month of January. Yeah, we'll put good. it on the Facebook site when it's up and running there. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point. If people want to follow you, you're on social media, just at Blackwell Chapel. Blackwell Chapel store, store, and we post every Monday what our menu will be for the week. We have a special every day, but it changes from week to week. So we post it on Mondays. So it's for Tuesday through Friday. Then Saturdays is breakfast, and then we just do regular sandwiches for lunch. Yeah. So. Well, it, it, and your wife is Judy doing your wife Judy doing a lot of the cooking. She is. She pretty much takes care of the specials. Uh, most of those are her recipes, like the chicken pot pie we had. Tomorrow we're having. Um, barbecue and cowboy beans that's one of her recipes yeah so she's taking care of that our daughter-in-law does a lot of the the deli work with the sandwiches and things one of the things we had hoped to do is have baked goods because my wife does a lot of baking however time has not allowed it Mm -hmm. but as as we move forward we're hoping to add some staff to help Tracy in the deli and that'll give Judy more time to do concentrate on the baked goods well this has to be this has to have been an important conversation at your house if Judy's taken on that much cooking because you know that's a lot of work and y'all are supposedly I'm going to use air quotes retiring yes and so that's a lot of work to take on but yes. she's she was excited about it too she is and she has enjoyed the the social networking that goes on there uh, one of the things we decided or I decided early on is we eat at the deli because I'm not wanting to go home and wash dishes again. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. What are your hours during the day? We we operate from nine to six. Okay. Uh, We have started closing the deli at five to give us time for cleanup. But if people will call ahead if they want sliced bologna or something, if they will call earlier in the day, we can have it ready for them if they drop by between five and six. Um, We've had some people request we stay open for dinner but you know we are partially retired and you got to rest sometime right right you know we did a lot of traveling around southwest virginia and east tennessee western north carolina before we opened this i mean this did you go to some other stores like this we went to a lot of i wondered if you had and we even started that back in 2000 and it was interesting we went to some places where it was just like where my aunt and uncle were yeah people were still living in the back of the store most of those places weren't selling a lot of stuff anymore Mm -hmm. then we went to other places that were doing even more business and we we were told the two things that will bring people in is either sell alcohol or have a deli Mm. and so we have found the deli has really been a a great benefit yeah well and it's you know if you do live out there you know it's still easier to get to the to your store than it is to like you said to go back to someplace else well and we have people to run in say i hope you got some milk it's getting close to six (laughs) o'clock my wife said we need milk do you have milk Yeah. yeah we have milk yeah and and that also provides a benefit to the community, those last-minute items right. that people need. Well, this is interesting. I found on Facebook there's a little community store in Grassy Creek mm-hmm. that, that has just opened. Like It's very similar. It's interesting to me when I heard that your project, and I thought, well, is this like a thing now? Or, or do you find that there are more little community stores opening up right now? There are some. Um, once again, it takes a lot of research. And it takes a lot of effort to get out there and investigate what's available. Right. And actually, when we started this process, 
you know, we we visited some of the wholesale organizations around mm-hmm. to find out what they could do for us. Right. Because when I was a kid, and I I spent a lot of summers in that store with my aunt and uncle, the Kern's Bread, Pet Milk, the Coca-Cola Man, the Pepsi-Cola Man, <laughs> you know, all these vendors came to them. Right. It would have been unheard of, even if we'd had Sam's then, for people to have to go to Sam's to buy yeah, these things. Because they were they, they were brought to the stores. But the volume of what they could sell was so much smaller than the larger chain stores that they eventually started cutting those people off. Right. You know, we found that if you do your homework and find what is available, it can work. We had a gentleman, I won't tell you who he is, <laughs> but he's a local official. And, and when I say local, I say Southwest Virginia. He walked into our store about two weeks ago and he said, I just wanted to come here because I'm six years from retirement and me and my wife want to do exactly what you've done. Wow. And he said, uh, we don't want a new building. Mm-hmm. We want to take an old store and bring it back to life. And yeah. I actually told him several stores that were sitting empty he might want to check out. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's sort of a mission. I mean, it's a business, but mm-hmm. it's almost kind of a mission what you're doing. Tell us a little bit more about some other things that are available. You're talking about doing music on Fridays, some Fridays, and you're offering lunch. You said you also had like a little um, Wi-Fi room or something for folks? Yeah, the county, and, and I, I have to put a plug in for Washington County. They have been over backwards to get me in business. Great. They have been wonderful. And because we had some septic issues and things that the county had to be involved in and and as my son says to me all the time he'll say pop all the winds really been at your back because <laughs> we've had really good cooperation from all entities good. we're getting broadband <laughs> knock on wood <laughs> we're getting broadband within the next year or so in rich valley oh, area good. up through blackwell's chapel lindale and places we currently have a provider and i'm not going to mention the provider but our internet is not good yeah since the broadband is not there the county approached us and said they were going to put starlink they had so many satellite drops that the county is sponsoring so the county has put Starlink at the store, and it's much faster than anything that we have available in the community. That's great. You can pick it up in the parking lot, or you can come in the store. Igo Industries, our technology folks over in Grundy, are running the broadband, and they're going to put two Internet stations in the store for the public to come in and oh, use. Nice. So we don't have the Internet stations yet, but already we've had young people bring their game systems in and you know one guy came in and he said it the uh, systems showed that it would be 52 minutes to load at home he sat down on the bench in the store and it loaded in two minutes oh my goodness so the internet's going to be a benefit to the community and it will be free to the community to use so once again that was a cooperative project with the county yeah and uh, so many things they have done from the very beginning has allowed us to be in business. Yeah. 
Well, it's exciting, and it's a sweet thing to hear because, again, it feels very much like this. I mean, you say you said it. It's a labor of love, and it right. feels like you really are serving that community so much with this project. Are you having fun, too? Yes, yes. We we are enjoying it. You know, it it's brought joy to people, and that's what my goal is, is to serve people. You know, I, I want it to be a place that benefits the community. Right, right. I want it to be a place that brings people in and also provides a service. Right. And it took a lot of imagination to get here, you know. Right. I think there were people in my family and others who thought, he's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I've been crazy all my life, so why should I change now? I've been a bulldog on this job. I mean, I I never would take no for an answer. Yeah. It's been worth everything. Yeah sounds like you're just hearing great things. Oh, we do. We do. They're they're encouraging us. Yeah. Mike Hoback, Emory & Henry Class of 1981, thank you for being our guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. And thank you for inviting me, Monica. Oh, listen, we're excited. We're going to bring a bunch of graduates out this summer during our summer alumni college. We're excited about being there. Great, great. And we want to thank all of you all for being with us today on the Duck Pond Wall. Please stay tuned to WEHC 90.7 and WISEFM 90.5, the voice of Southwest Virginia. (laughs) 